You are listening to highlights of an interview by The Creative Process with Paolo Jot. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. You know, it was a, a very emotional return and uh, the opening night, the reopening night was a very special one, I think. The audience was absolutely hungry for a show and we could feel that in the applauses, in the reception from the second one when the show started. So uh, we've been preparing for that moment because, of course, we thought that it would be a very emotional night for all of that stayed away from the stages for so long during this pandemic. And my story with Chicago was that I opened uh, with that show in January of 2020 and was supposed to come back in March of 2020 uh, until May, but uh, the pandemic happened and all of a sudden my contract was stopped. So it means a lot to me to be able to come back to where we were before and to move forward. Most of the cast is the same. The principles are different. But that's one of the marks of Chicago. There's a big change in casting from times to times. And I believe that's what you have to do when you have the longest running show in the history of American musical theaters. It's been great since the opening on on September 14th. We we are having sold out houses. We still sometimes we pinch ourselves. Is this really happening? And it is happening. So we are doing everything we can. We are testing. We are, of course, wearing masks backstage. We do rapid tests twice a week. Of course, the audience needs to show proofs of vaccination and keep the masks all the time. So we are doing what we can to be safe and what we can to to open the theaters. I guess all the themes are still very actual. And I think what moves the stories is the search for the instantaneous celebrity. And that's what the girls are all about, Roxy and Velma. They want to be famous. And uh, we see these days so many cases of the same thing. Of course, everything that you you, you cited, corruption and crimes and the, the press focusing on sensational stories, it's all there. And I think that's what relates so much the public these days to go and to see these stories, because more than anything, it's a terrific play. It's a wonderful musical with fantastic songs and arrangements. And the band is just incredible being there every night and to listen to that wonderful band on stage is really, really a privilege for any musician. So the play itself, it's fantastic. And the themes are current. <laughs> the crimes of Chicago are all passionate crimes. They are crimes that are motivated by passion. You know, my research is uh, whenever, wherever there's a material, it's, it's pretty fast. And this was based on a play that Mrs. Watkins wrote and based on the real stories of Chicago at that time. She was a reporter too. And everything is, was real. She wanted to tell the story of this uh, women in jail, their story. And I believe that when the play came out on Broadway, they didn't want those stories to be told. They wanted to keep it quiet. But I think it was so sensational, so good. And everybody wanted to hear that the play was transformed into many movies and it was transformed into musicals. And here we are at the same time telling the same story. It's very, very interesting. When I did Chicago for the first time two years ago, 
I didn't have the privilege to have the original director of this production, Walter Bobby, there. But this time, we had Walter, so we could work directly with the source of what this musical was all about. Just to be in the presence of that man, just to hear his stories about what were the focus on each and every scene, why this character does that, why do you sing a song right this moment? What does it mean? Why do you go to the stage right on that moment? And he was there to answer all these questions. So it's a privilege. This is something that not really happens in a musical that is running for so long. And we had that. So I feel very honored and privileged to be this time, you know, at this reopening, because they really uh, wanted to make sure that the reopening of Chicago was something new and that they wanted to bring the original ideas, the original characters to life, which is something very easy to, to lose, you know, when you do revivals, when you jump into a new production, I mean, into a production that is running with a new person in the cast, you just jumped into it and you want to fill that space. And here at this time, we were able to build everything from the scratch. Billy Flynn is a man who loves what he does. He absolutely is passionate about the whole scene. He thinks he's the director, he is the actor. He casts all these uh, reporters and uh, everyone to watch him in court being a brilliant lawyer, which he is. And it's very interesting to see throughout the whole play how he has been handling all these cases, many of them very absurd. And he, with his talent of creating stories and retelling the story of these characters, he is able to find at the end those girls to freedom. And he knows he's very good. And the play, there's a moment, of course, where one of the characters, she gets hanged. And that's a surprise because at that time, nobody was hanged for a long, long time. So everybody was kind of, I would say, a little relaxed in terms of the court. Because if Billy would put a good story and would use all his art to tell the jury the facts through his vision, it will work. But for the first time, someone was hanged. So there's a tension there. Everybody is very nervous about it. Roxy gets all of a sudden very uh, tense. And I think that's the moment where he doubts a little bit and he wants to rehearse with her just to be sure that everything is going to be perfect, that she's not going to say anything that's going to be not right. So um, we see that in the play. And I think for the audience and for Billy himself, this is a great moment because we see him rehearsing what he's going to become. So it's a process that we all see happening. And when it's for real in the court, we connect these pieces that he showed her what this was going to look like in the real time. And it's very interesting to see the whole process and then the results. Well, South Pacific came into my life in a very wonderful way because I was already singing all over the world as an opera singer. And one day I... I got a call from my agent saying, listen, there, there's this musical on Broadway. They are looking for an opera singer for the role that was originated for an opera singer, Adjo Pinza. 
many, many years ago. And this is going to be the first revival ever on Broadway after the opening. And musicals were always my passion. Somehow my life led me to do operatic stages, my voice, my work, my whole life to be an opera singer. But all of a sudden, this was a wonderful opportunity. And the role is just perfect. It was written for an opera singer. This guy was to be this stranger in the middle of this whole army in the, the middle of the South Pacific. It seemed just a, a wonderful, a wonderful role. And I took my chances. I auditioned with the 200 other opera singers who were there auditioning. And then after many calls back, they decided for me. And again, it was my first Broadway show, you know, for real on Broadway with great actors like Kelly Hara and Danny Burstyn, who just won the Tony. So that experience was something that one could not imagine of a more perfect situation for an opera singer to be introduced into the Broadway community. And I feel very lucky that I got that. So um, it was magical, you know. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the full interview or other episodes, visit www.creativeprocess.info. If you would like to get involved with our creative community, exhibitions, podcasts, or to submit your creative works for review, drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info. Thanks for listening.